الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ان عده الشهور عند الله 12 شهرا في كتاب الله يوم خلق السماوات والارض يوم خلق السماوات والارض منها اربعه حرم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم صوموا عاشوراء وخالفوا اليهود صوموا يوما قبله او يوما بعده او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسبحان الله الكريم بردنا الليس we are in this mubarak month of muharram this is the beginning of our calendar and our calendar is the lunar calendar the solar calendar the gregorian calendar this is something just out of necessity is used since we live in a place where this is the calendar that is used so we are forced to use it but a muslim would be keeping track of what is the date what is the islamic date what is the islamic month this is his calendar many a person sometimes wants to know that is it okay to celebrate my birthday so the question they ask to him that when is your birthday so he says well my birthday is the 10th of june for example so he says no that's not your birthday find out first what's your birthday says, what do you mean what's my birthday my birthday is 10th of june is it not your birthday your birthday must be somewhere either in muharram or safar or rabiul awal or rabiul akhir which is your birthday see i don't know so before you decide about asking whether you can celebrate your birthday or not first find out which is your birthday so in any case that is just something on the side the issue is that this is our calendar these are the months that we keep in front of us all the time these are the months that determine so many things in our lives so many special occasions so many auspicious occasions so a mu'min is all the time conscious of the islamic date islamic month the islamic day and this is something that we should be even in our correspondence etc something that we should be adding out of need the person puts the english date by all means but we should be adding the islamic date as well and there's much dawat in this also so in any case this is the first month of the islamic calendar that has already commenced and this is the month of muharram and this month has mention of it or reference is made to this month among other months in the quran sharif in the ayat of the quran sharif that was recited allah taala says that the number of months by allah taala from the time allah taala created the system of this universe from the time that the system of the universe was brought into existence from that time in the system of allah taala there are 12 months and then of the 12 months allah taala says minha arba'atun hurum four of these months are sacred the sacred months the ashhur hurum which the quran sharif discusses now is zul qada zul hijja and now muharram and then the fourth month is rajab so these are sacred months and allah taala is calling them sacred 
So when Allah Ta'ala is calling them sacred, we cannot imagine the sanctity in it. It is beyond our comprehension. We need to embrace it wholeheartedly. And take the maximum of the benefits that Allah Ta'ala is showering down. So this month is a very Mubarak month, very blessed month, very sacred month. In this month, Allah Ta'ala further in the same ayat, says that this is the correct deen, فَلَا تَظْلِمُوا فِيهِنَّ أَنفُسَكُمْ Don't oppress yourselves in these sacred months. Now does this mean that besides these sacred months, in other times of the year you can do as you wish? No, this doesn't give a license to do as a person wishes. What is the meaning of this is, that like a person who is sitting here in the masjid, so he's sitting in the masjid, he's conscious, I'm in the house of Allah Ta'ala. So because I'm in the house of Allah Ta'ala, let alone talk anything that is sinful. Sinful talk is out of the question. In the house of Allah Ta'ala, even permissible worldly talk, which outside is permissible, but come inside the masjid, inside the house of Allah Ta'ala, the sanctity of the house of Allah Ta'ala demands that even worldly talk not be spoken in the masjid. In the hadith it is mentioned, in Adab al-Masari, the Mufti Shafi Sahib quotes this hadith, that when a person engages in worldly talk in the masjid, then an angel addresses him and says to him, Uskut ya wali Allah. Now, his physical ears may not hear it, but after Nabi Islam has already informed us about it, the ear of his heart will hear it. That the angel says to him, Uskut ya wali Allah, O friend of Allah, keep quiet. And he continues talking heedlessly. Again the angel addresses him, Uskut ya wali Allah, O friend of Allah, keep quiet. And when he still continues for the third time, that angel addresses him and says, Uskut la'anatullahi alayk. That be silent, may the curse of Allah Ta'ala be upon you. Now he came into the house of Allah Ta'ala to take the blessings, to take the anwarat and barakat, to cleanse himself, to take the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala, but due to not considering the sanctity of the masjid, conducting himself against the dictates of the sanctity of the masjid. He is leaving now the la'anat of Allah Ta'ala. So, when a person is sitting in the masjid, he is conscious of this, that I shouldn't be talking anything that's out of line, I have to conduct myself correctly. But if he now goes away to the Haram Sharif, that consciousness that was here is multiplied now 100,000 times. So it's not that because he's in the Haram Sharif, there he will be conscious and here he won't be conscious. Just that there the consciousness will be multiplied so much more. So likewise, what is being said is that in these sacred months, it's like you're in the Haram. So being in the Haram, a person now would be even further away from every wrong. So in the sacred months, he will look after his eyes even more. He will look after his ears even more. He will be careful about what he speaks more than other times. Because Allah Ta'ala says, فَلَا تَظْلِمُوا فِيهِنَّ أَنفُسَكُمْ Don't oppress yourself in these Mubarak months. And as you are conscious in other months, now become more conscious. So this is the one aspect that in this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala brings to our attention the importance of these Mubarak months. Then in this month of Muharram, 
there is the very this is the beginning of our Islamic calendar as we said and this commencement of this Hijri, Hijri calendar this is known as the Hijri calendar this started off from the time of Sayyidina Umar prior to that dates were calculated as for Amul Fil the year of the elephants certain event happened so many years after the year of the elephants the year of the elephants referring to the incident when Abraha was coming with his army of elephants to try and destroy the Kaaba Sharif but Allah destroyed him and his army with birds bringing little pebbles in their beaks Alam tara kaifa those little pebbles destroyed these huge elephants so that was the event by which dates were calculated because this was such a huge event so many years after Amul Fil, in the time of Hazrat Umar he called the Sahaba and he said we need to have a calendar that is now ours that is a calendar that refers to the to Islam to something that the Muslims cherish that they can root themselves to so what should be the starting point so everybody gave their different opinions somebody gave the opinion that the birth of Rasulullah somebody gave the opinion that the day from the time that Nabi was appointed a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala when Nubuat came somebody suggested something else somebody suggested other things but after all these suggestions came in Hazrat Umar would the consensus of the Sahaba Ikram among the various suggestions a very strong suggestion was the Hijra the migration of all the various other suggestions, this was given preference over the others. And the Hijra was chosen as the starting point. And this is extremely significant. We talk about the Hijra calendar. But sometimes we don't even reflect that. What does this refer to? And it refers to the Hijra, the migration of Rasulullah from Makkah Mukarramah to Madinah Munawwara. And the migration of the Sahaba Ikram. And of all the various aspects, why was this chosen? The migration of Rasulullah Because this was that event or that action of Hijrat which brought Islam to the whole world. Because this migration from Makkah Mukarramah to Madinah Munawwara then saw the spread of Islam from Madinah Munawwara throughout the world. And the sacrifices, the untold sacrifices that were made on the occasion of this hijrat. The very, very difficult circumstances in which Nabi Wasallam and the Sahaba had to migrate. So every year that a person and every day he talks about the hijrah calendar, he's reminding himself of this. Now that hijrat is over. That hijrat took place after Makkah Mukarramah was conquered. One person came to Rasulullah and he said, I want to migrate. So Nabi Islam said, La hijrata ba'd al-fatih. Now that Makkah Mukarramah has been conquered, now hijrat is over. That hijrat. Yes, if a person is still in some place where he cannot practice on his deen because of whatever the circumstances are, he's being prevented from practicing on his deen, there's still hijrat for him. But there's a hijrat that's applicable to one and all. That hijrat is over. But there's a hijrat that's applicable to every single human being. 
And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam defines this in one hadith sharif Al-Muhajiru man hajara ma nahallahu an The entire hadith is Al-Muslimu man salim al-Muslimuna min lisanihi wa yadih First part of the hadith sharif That a true Muslim, somebody who deserves the title of Muslim Somebody who can really be called a Muslim Is that person who others are safe from the harm of his tongue and hand, his hand and tongue. In other words, his words and deeds. Others are safe. His near and dear ones are safe also. And those who are far away are safe also. Sometimes those who are far away are safe. The near and dear ones are not safe. Sometimes nobody is safe. So this is the first part of the Hadith Sharif. A person who is a Muslim, then he lives by this. Everybody is safe. From his tongue and his hand, meaning his words and deeds. There won't be any vulgar languages coming out of his tongue. Because those vulgar languages are very hurtful. And it hurts more depending on the level of closeness. The degree of pain is to the extent of closeness. If some total stranger says a vulgar word to somebody, he'll feel upset about it. But if his own brother says it to him, it's not the same. It's a world of difference. And if his son says it to him, then it's like the whole world went upside down. So Nabi Islam is saying that this is a Muslim. Others are safe from the harm of his words and deeds. And then the second part of the Hadith Sharif, Al-Muhajir. This is a Muslim. Who is a Muhajir? This is available to everyone till the day of Qiyamah. وَالْمُحَاجِرُ مَنْ هَجَرَ مَا نَهَرْ اللَّهُ عَنْهِ Hijrat, Hajar, it comes from Hajar. And Hajar means to leave. So Nabi Islam says the real Muhajir. The real Muhajir is that one, that person who leaves out what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. Whatever Allah Ta'ala has forbidden, he forsakes it. He is the real Muhajir. So this is the other important aspect that this Hijri calendar, Muharram started, it brings to mind this entire incident of Hijrat. And this is something we should be hearing about. Opening some authentic book of Sirat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and reading about the details of his Hijrat. Unfortunately, we have so much of time to read so many things which are futile. Let alone futile which are harmful, which are sinful. But if there isn't time, then there isn't time to recite the Qur'an Sharif. If there isn't time, then there isn't time to read the Seerat of Rasulullah wasallam. So we should be reading about the Hijrat and acquainting ourselves with the details of what happened on this occasion and rejuvenate our Iman to also be ready to make sacrifices and leave whatever Allah Ta'ala has forbidden, leave that out and become a true Muhajir. Then coming to the month of Muharram itself, in this month, the very auspicious occasion of Ashura, which is the 10th of Muharram. So among the virtues of this 10th of Muharram, in the Hadith Nabi Islam says, Man Sama Ashura, that the person who fasts on the day of Ashura, yukaffiru sanatal madhiya, that it is a compensation and it will wipe out all the sins of the year that have passed. Now this, in our understanding sometimes, because the explanation then is given, that what it refers to is the minor sins. But when we hear the word minor, 
then our mind immediately goes in a different, as they say, tangent. That minor means <coughs> insignificant. Minor means something you don't worry about. Whereas minor is only comparatively speaking minor. If supposing the word, just take a word like say stupid. Now that's a word that is not a pleasant word. Now sometimes you hear children calling one another stupid. Nobody becomes too shocked up about it. Nobody might just maybe scold a child a bit or something. Shouldn't talk like this. And it's the end of it. Now one child called another child stupid. Sometimes maybe adults, one brother called, some, one person called another person a stupid. It's not a good thing at all. But then it's brushed off, not taken too seriously. But supposing the same word now, somebody used it against his father. It's the same word. The same word, one child used it against another child. It wasn't taken too seriously. One person used it against some other person, some colleague, some friend, whatever. Not taken so seriously. But now the same word, a son used it against his father. This will now become a shocker. Unfortunately now that shock is gone also. Because of the number of things that are now happening in society. And all these kinds of things are also now becoming part of the language of children and youngsters. That to call all kinds of titles to their own parents. So that shock also has now started dying off. But it is a shock. It's supposed to be a shock. But now why is it supposed to be a shock here? Why should it shock? Because the respect of the father is many, many, many fold more than that person who is a stranger. Thousands of times more. Cannot compare it. It's the respect that has changed this. Allah Ta'ala's greatness, Allah Ta'ala's grandeur, Allah Ta'ala's majesty is infinite, is limitless. And in the light of that limitless and infinite grandeur of Allah Ta'ala, the slightest disobedience is very big. Like that word of stupid, somebody said it to his friend, but when he said the same word to his father, it became a world of difference. Simply on the basis of the respect of the father that is necessary. So Allah Ta'ala's respect Allah Ta'ala's greatness, Allah Ta'ala's majesty, Allah Ta'ala's grandeur is unlimited. And that benefactor of ours, our creator, our sustainer, our nourisher, the slightest disobedience in itself is a very big thing. Though compared to other aspects it might be minor. And that is what the comparison is all about. That comparatively speaking these are minor things. And this fast, this one fast of Ashura, this becomes a compensation for all the minor sins of the year that has passed. So now this is not Faris, it's not Wajib, it's a Nafil fast, but this is the virtue of it. And this is how great it is. And the re reality of this greatness will only open out on the day of Qiyamah. When a person is running around for one, one good deed, that I am in need of one good deed, but on that day, يَوْمَ يَفِرُّ الْمَرْءُ مِنْ Every person will flee from him, his own parents, his own children. Nobody will have anything to do with anybody else. Everyone will be worried about themselves. So, 
on that day we will appreciate what a great thing this one fast was also but then to in one hadith there is a further aspect that when Nabi Wasallam came to Medina Munawwara and he gave the instruction to fast on the 10th of Muharram and initially this was the one fast in the year that was farz that was compulsory there was no Ramadan fast ordained yet initially this was one day in the year that was compulsory so that also indicates how virtuous this day is that at the time when there was only one day in the year that was compulsory it was this day then the fast of Ramadan became compulsory and this was now left as nafil but Nabi Wasallam, when he the Sahaba started fasting then they came to Nabi Wasallam and they say to him that the Jews are also fasting so Nabi Wasallam called them and he asked them that why are you fasting so they replied and said that on this day meaning the 10th of Muharram years ago centuries ago it was on the 10th of Muharram that Allah wa ta'ala gave safety and salvation to Musa wasalam, and the Bani Israel. They crossed the Red Sea and Fir'aun and his army drowned. So it was on this day that they gained the safety. So فَصَامَهُ Musa shukran lillah. So Musa wasalam, kept this fast as a kind of thanksgiving to Allah Ta'ala. So Nabi Wasallam replied and said, we are more closer to Musa salam than you are. You all are just namesake. We are in reality close to him. So if we are more worthy of keeping this fast as thanksgiving also. But the lesson that we get here is the lesson of gratitude. The lesson of shukar in so many things. And many times we have discussed this topic. That in everything repeatedly the aspect of shukar comes. Gratitude. Gratitude to insan. And gratitude to Allah Ta'ala also. Starts off with gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. And gratitude for all the things Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with. Shukr for our faculties, for our limbs and organs. Shukr for this eye. Shukr for this ear, for this tongue. Shukr for the heart. What is that shukr? That these limbs be used in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Person using his eyes wrongly. What a terrible ingratitude this is person looking at haram what a terrible ingratitude it is for this great ni'mat of the eyes purpose person speaking all kinds of flowery language what a great ingratitude for this bounty of the tongue one king was passing somewhere and there was one buzruk that was on the side so the buzruk made salam to him so he didn't reply so the buzruk then asked him that I have made salam to you and what I have done is sunnat but to reply to the salam, this is wajib, it's compulsory. So what I did was sunnah, but you are supposed to now fulfill the, what is compulsory on you. So he said, now I was, sorry, I'm sorry for that, but in any case I was busy reciting something, I was busy saying something, so therefore I didn't even hear you make salam. So what you were busy reciting, he said, I was busy making shukar. So he said, really? How you was making shukar? He said, I was reciting alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, because this is the expression of shukar. And this is a very great praise of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala Himself has taught us to praise Him in these words. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. So He said, you don't know how to make shukar. He said, I don't know how to make shukar. He says, yes, what you are saying is right. But you are just parroting it off. What you are saying is perfect. The words are perfect. 
But the manner in which you're going about it, you're just parroting it off. So somebody can teach a parrot also to say Alhamdulillah. And between you and that parrot, there's no difference. So he says, well, how should I make shukar then? So he says, you say that what you're saying with your heart, but... And together with that, now he's talking to the king. So he's saying to him, that the shukar of this authority Allah Ta'ala has given you, is that you use it to see to the needs of those who are in distress. The shukar of this wealth that Allah Ta'ala has given you, is to see to the needs of those who are poor and poverty stricken. The shukar for this might that Allah Ta'ala has given you, is to bring justice to those who are oppressed. And he said a few other lines of this nature, that king, in those days they were kings, but they had this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, he had these lines written in gold, and kept in his kingdom, in his court. That this person taught me a very great lesson. So these are the bounties of Allah Ta'ala, the shukr of these bounties are that they are used correctly. They are used in a way that earns the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. So this is one lesson of shukar. But then the Sahaba Ikram, when they brought this to the attention of Nabi Wasallam, that the Jews also fast on this day. So Nabi Wasallam said to them, that you continue fasting. Sumu Ashura. But, Wakhaliful Yahud. But you oppose the way of the Jews. Don't even keep that apparent resemblance with the Jews. Though you're not fasting because of them. You're fasting because of Allah Ta'ala's, the virtue Allah Ta'ala has placed in this day. But don't even keep the apparent resemblance. Sumu Ashura wa Khaliful Yahud, Sumu Yawman Qablahu or Yawman Ba'da. You fast one day before or one day after as well. So you'll be fasting two days, they fast one day, you've broken the apparent resemblance. Now this is a very, very great lesson in this. The lesson of, one is the ittiba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa That to follow the way that Nabi Islam has taught. And together with that, to oppose, consciously, actively oppose the ways of the Yahud and Nasara. In so many ahadiths you'll find the same lesson given. One person had a certain kind of hair which resembled the ways of the Jews. Nabi Sallallahu told him, cut this off. This doesn't, this resembles the ways of the Jews. Take it off. One person had tied his shawl in a certain way. Ishtimal al-Yahud. Nabi Sallallahu forbade him. Don't tie your shawl in the way that the Jews tie their shawl. One person was doing something, he was reciting something, saying something. And he also don't speak in that way, the Jews do that. There are so many riwayat, so many narrations, in the way a person dressed, in the way somebody had his hair, in the way somebody spoke, in the way somebody walked, in so many things. And he also don't do it like that. That's the way of the Jews. This is the real aspect to inculcate that we have a completely distinct lifestyle. The lifestyle of the believer, of a mu'min, is completely distinct from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara. And he doesn't resemble them, doesn't borrow from them, neither in his day-to-day life, 
nor in his social life, there is some function, there is some wedding, whatever is taking place, he's got nothing to do with their ways. And so many things creep in in such a way that he just take, gets taken for granted. Where it came from, nobody even bothers. Just come, whatever comes. Whatever is done, how it is done, plus if it gives somebody some uh, more entertainment, it's fine. So now if somebody is, now there's a wedding, somebody is being walked down the aisle, or the bride is being walked down the aisle, where did this come from? Open the encyclopedias too and you'll see this is from the church. Now this is how the barakat is supposed to be brought into this nikah. And this is the start of this whole journey of nikah. Bringing and borrowing things from the church. And doing it in Christian style. Now this is how we expect that barakat to come in the nikah. And all the various, the whole list of things you find, you look into it, you'll find all, and many of these things are all coming from here. From the ways of the Yahud and Nasara. Nabi Islam has emphasized this. So many places. Don't follow the ways of Yahud and Nasara. And really, this is the real boycott. This is the real boycott to boycott their lifestyle. Other things, whatever it may be, if it's within the limits of Sharia, we're not getting into that. But this is the real boycott. Many a times we'll be swearing the Jews and the Christians and whoever else, but we wholeheartedly will take to their lifestyle. This is the real boycott, to boycott their way of life, which has been emphasized in the Ahadith so many times. And on great occasions like this, this comes as a special message. So Ashura wa Khaliful Yahud. Fast on the day of Ashura, but oppose the way of the Jews. So in any case, this is another very important lesson on this occasion. And then one last aspect to discuss just as the lessons of this day, and the virtue of this day also. In one hadith, Nabi Islam says, "Man wassa ala iyalihi yawma ashura, wassa Allahu alayhi sanata kullaha." That the one who is generous upon his family on the day of Ashura, Allah Taala will be generous upon him and shower down His blessings upon him throughout the year. Now, this is just the virtue only mentioned still, but in this virtue is a huge lesson. The lesson of generosity itself. And in that specifically, generosity on one's own family. Sometimes a person is very generous, far away, but closest to him, he sometimes ignores the needs. Whereas it starts off, Al-Aqrab Fal-Aqrab. Those who are closest and in need first, and those next, in line. But on this particular occasion, what is being referred to is that one's own family, one's household. And in the meaning of this hadith is that he spends within his means something more on the meal of that day in feeding his family within his capacity. He doesn't have to go anything beyond his means. And neither does it refer to now that a person has to start going to buy new clothes and buy gifts for one another and all these things. This is something which must come from the goodness of the heart, a gift any time of the year. Sometimes the whole year will go by and nothing will come. So it's not a customary thing. Giving hadiyah is not a customary thing. It's something that must come and emanate from the 
depth of the heart. One Buzruk was ill, so somebody was going to visit him. So on the way, this person now thought about it that I should have carried along some hadiyah. I'm going to visit this person, he's sick, but I should have taken some hadiyah along. So now, this thought crossed his mind while he was on the way, walking and going. So now, he looked around and he saw all these twigs, these little sticks, branches from the trees that dry off and fall onto the ground. So it's free for anyone to take. So he picked up a whole bundle, put it together, bundled it up, and he carried it and carried on walking. Now anybody sees this, anybody knows where this was picked up from. It was picked up for free. Any case he came, came and met the Buzrog, and then he said, I brought this hadiyah for you. Now anybody can see this is something for free. Most kamal. So now sometimes a person after a nikah or something, he got one chocolate, now he thinks that chocolate is a hadiyah. Everybody knows this came most kamal. <laughs> so this Buzrog also obviously knows this came from where, but he immediately called his khadim. And he said to him, this bundle of wood, you take it and keep it aside. Keep it safely. Since the day I pass away, the water for my ghusl, you must heat it by burning these sticks. Because I have hope in Allah Ta'ala, that the ikhlas and the sincerity with which this gift was given, my makhfirat will get made. So that hadiyah is something from the depth of the heart, from the love of the heart, it is meant to create muhabbat and it is something that should keep happening from time to time. And it's not something necessary that has to be very expensive or expensive at all. Even a small thing but the sincerity in it. Not just something just for the sake of it but with ikhlas and sincerity. That will create that muhabbat. In the Hadith Sharif Nabi Islam says Tahadaw Tahabbu Give one another gifts it will create muhabbat. So this is the purpose for it. So it doesn't have to be something out of this world, but it must be with ikhlas. And sometimes we will give everybody gifts, we forget people inside the house. Whereas that is where it starts off from. So in any case, this is the one aspect that Nabi Islam is saying, that be generous on your family on this day, Allah Ta'ala will be generous upon you. But this lesson of generosity, if the ummah one is the generosity of the people of the past. The Sahaba Ikram, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, 70,000 dirhams. This was after the time when the Muslims, there were so many places that were conquered and the wealth was pouring into Medina Manowara. So they used to send gifts. Many used to send gifts to her, large, huge sums of money. So one bag of 70,000 dirhams came. It came in the morning. By the evening it was all distributed, that evening she was still patching her own garment. She was putting a patch to her own garment. Another occasion, over 100,000 dirhams came. From the morning, it got distributed before the evening. In the evening, she said to her servant, bring the iftar. She was fasting. So the servant brought the same dry bread and some water. Now the servant is saying to her, that had you saved one dirham, we could have bought some meat. Over 100,000 dirhams have been spent. See, if you sp saved one dirham, we could have bought some meat for iftar. Say, what's the use talking about it now? If you spoke earlier, we would have saved it. After it's spent, now you're talking about it. What's the use? Don't mention it now. So this was their generosity. We can't even dream about it. And we shouldn't try it also. That a person gives away everything, then he'll go around begging. Because we are not of that caliber. 
But if we just cut out the wastage, if we cut out the wastage, maybe the word ummat at large, if the ummat cuts out just the wastage, not the thousands, the hundreds of thousands that are wasted in one one function. One is what is done for the sake of feeding somebody, but all the wastage that goes into it, all the deco and whatever else and frills and fancies, just to make an impression. Just to make an impression, the amount of money that goes in, Allah knows how much goes. If only that is saved, that wastage is saved. And we, how many people who cannot get married because they don't have the means, it will make so many homes. So many people that cannot have an operation. They're getting a date, one and a half years from now, they need the operation now, and in a public hospital they are getting a date one and a half years away. And in the private hospital they can't afford it. If that wastage was saved, it might save somebody's life maybe. And how many people are going to bed without having eaten anything for the night? It's happening in our backyards. Just the waste, let alone the luxury. Mubarak, somebody is enjoying the luxuries, alhamdulillah, no problem. They earned it in a halal way, and they're using it in a halal way, Mubarak to them. We're not even talking about the luxuries. We're talking about the wastage. If we just save this wastage, and we now spare, spare this and share it with those who are less fortunate, that will make their dunya, it will make our akhirat. So Nabi Islam says, Man ala ashura. So this one is generosity, generosity of wealth. But then just to take one step further from that, generosity is not confined to wealth. Nowadays, something that is even more important than wealth to be generous with, in terms of family, is generosity with time. This is an ongoing story that few days ago, just sitting and discussing something who doesn't Muslim drives up on Barakatum and a call came, so he after finished answering the call he put it down, he said, Let's talk about these things in the bayans. See this is every other day there's a call, some wife will be saying that my husband comes home, he's got no time for the family, no time for his children, no time for me. And this is another call now. He says what he's busy with? He says no, he's on the tablet. Before we hear woman on the pill, men on the tablet. <laughs> So now this has become the thing now. And he's on the tablet. And he's saying he's chilling out. He's chilling out so much that the whole marriage has gone cold. <laughs> so this is something also that's generosity of time that is now required. And therefore these things, person enters his house, should be shutting all these things off. Switching it off at least for 2-3 hours. After 2-3 hours, after everything is now anything of need he needs to attend to, after 2-3 hours he'll attend to it. But this is also part of generosity. Generosity of time. Generosity of wealth is in its place. That Alhamdulillah, many a person is very generous with his wealth. But generous with his time also. Generous with that attention to his children. Because this is what is unfortunately lacking. And as a result, so many complications come about. So, this Mubarak occasion comes, it comes with so many lessons for us, and it comes with so many great messages for us, 
apart from the virtues and apart from all the benefits and bounties of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. So may Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we take the full benefit of these Mubarak days that come and also take these lessons to heart. Allah ta'ala give me also the tawfiq and all of us. ഹ <laughs> ഇന്നല്ല <laughs> <laughs> 
محمد الرسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم الله الله جل جلاله عم نواله الله 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 لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله ربنا ولمنا انفسنا ولمنا انفسنا ولمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا اله الا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسالك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمه من كل بر والسلامه من كل اثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا الا غفرته ولا هما الا فرجته ولا حاجه هي لك رضا الا قضيتها ويسرتها يا ارحم الراحمين يا ارحم الراحمين يا ارحم الراحمين يا اكرم الاكرمين يا راحم المساكين يا ارحم الراحمين ظلمنا انفسنا ولمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اله العالمين يا الله most merciful most kind most gracious most loving allah ya allah forgive all our sins ya allah ya allah forgive our major and minor sins ya allah ya allah forgive the sins of the day and night ya allah ya allah forgive our families ya allah forgive the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahul alamin ya allah shower down your blessings on the ummah ya allah shower down your maghfirah 
akhiratun da ummati Allah shower down your rahmat on the ummati Allah Allah remove the suffering of the ummati Allah ilahul alamin we acknowledge whatever is happening is due to our sins ya Allah Allah forgive us and forgive the entire ummati Allah give us a tawfiq of those amal that bring down your rahmat ya Allah Allah save us from those amal that bring down your azab ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah save us from all the fitna and fasad ya Allah Allah purify our hearts ya Allah Allah purify our hearts ya Allah Allah remove all the filth from our hearts ya Allah Allah remove the malice the jealousy the hatred the pride the arrogance from our hearts ya Allah Allah fill our hearts with tawazu with humility ya Allah fill our hearts with the Allah kindness and compassion ya Allah Allah fill our hearts with your love ya Allah fill our hearts with your love ya Allah fill our hearts with your love ya Allah Allah fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah give us the love of the Quran Sharif ya Allah Allah give us the love of salah ya Allah make the salah the coolness of our eyes ya Allah enable us to perform our salah with khushu and khudu ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah enable us to perform such a salah with which you are pleased with ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah enable us to recite the Quran Sharif daily ya Allah Allah grant us the tawfiq of making your zikr daily ya Allah Allah enable us to turn to you in every moment ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah save us from unmindfulness and heedlessness ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah save us from all the fitna and fasad ya Allah Allah save our families ya Allah Allah save our children ya Allah Allah save the children of the entire ummah ya Allah Allah save the youth of the ummah ya Allah Allah save the men and women of the ummah ya Allah Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah give us a tawfiq of following the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah let us love his sunnah ya Allah ilahul alamin let us love his way of life ya Allah Allah save us from the ways of yahud and nasara ya Allah Allah keep us far away from the ways of yahud and nasara ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah put the hatred of sin in our hearts ya Allah Allah put the hatred of sin in our hearts ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah save us from the sins of the eyes ya Allah save us from the sins of the ears and tongue ya Allah save us from the sins of the hands and feet ya Allah Allah save us from the sins of the heart ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah you make us yours ya Allah Allah you become ours and make us yours ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah all those who have passed away fill their qabrs with noor ya Allah make their complete maghfirat ya Allah grant them the high stages in the akhirat ya Allah ilahul alamin at the time of our death take us with the kalima la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah Allah take us on iman kamil ya Allah take us on tawbah and nasuh ya Allah Allah take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you ya Allah ilahul alamin make our qabrs gardens of jannah for us ya Allah Allah grant us the shafaat of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah unite the hearts of the ummah ya Allah Allah unite the hearts of spouses ya Allah unite the hearts of parents and children ya Allah unite the hearts of brothers and sisters ya Allah Allah unite the hearts of communities ya Allah Allah unite the hearts of the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahul alamin ya Allah all those who are sick give them complete shifa and afiyat ya Allah 